For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brain Dumb by The Fail Coach. Uh, we have another very interesting interview ahead of us, and I would love to welcome my dear friend, Richard, uh, for joining me for this interview. Uh, Richard, welcome to the show, and I would love hey. to ask you if you can introduce yourself quickly to the audience. Hey, Miha. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, my name's Richard Fletcher, and I'm an online business coach. And specifically what I do is I show people, mainly other online coaches, like other business coaches, fitness coaches, even like spirituality coaches, even that's like sex coaches and other kinds of stuff like that, how to monetize their Facebook personal profile. So they add people onto their uh, profile as friends and then they make posts and then people come to their messenger saying, hey, I'm interested in what you've got. And then they convert them as clients. That's what I do in my business. And that's really what the meat of my business is, showing people how to do that. And essentially, um, what's the opposite of overcomplicating me, huh? Undercomplicating? <laughs> Simplifying. Yeah, there you simplifying, go. Yeah, yes. there you go. Um, I'm English and I'm telling you, I'm asking you what English words are, whatever mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, simplifying business, because I think a lot of people with like all the funnels and complex stuff, it seems so hard and difficult and it doesn't have to be that hard. And that's really a lot of what I'm about, making it a lot more simple for people. Yes, and I, I so agree with you on that. I mean, um, in all honesty, even when I, in the past, when I worked with, you know, the eight, nine figure businesses, usually the first thing we had to do was trim the fat and, and simplify things and, and make it leaner and uh, um, just remove uh, the unnecessary, not add, even more confusion to the whole mix. And um, yeah, I'm guessing uh, uh, when you uh, help your clients, um, that helps them focus on, 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 little, on, on a few things, but then do them on a consistent basis. And because of that, they generate uh, much faster the, the so much needed momentum. I guess that's really what, what happens when they follow your advice. Yeah, I mean, for example, I had a guy who signed up with me in what, September last year, 2019. And he had great commitment in the sense of he had a YouTube channel and he'd been posting one video a week to his YouTube channel. So great commitment to do that for 52 weeks solidly. But I looked at his numbers and I know you're a big fan of stats and KPIs, Miha, and actually tracking what kind of results you're getting, right? Well, he'd only got 27 subscribers in a whole year. So I'm looking at this, and like all his videos have got, you know, this video's got five views, one video's got 11 views. You know, it's not great, is it? Not great numbers. And I'm looking, I'm saying, well, you're putting all this time into creating these videos that nobody is watching, that no one's interested in. You know, I'm not trying to be rude or offensive here, but this is what's happening. I want you to see the truth. This is what's going on. Uh, if we can get you a better message, so when people see it, they go, ah, oh, that's for me. 
And if we can get more of the right people to see that message, now you're going to get leads in your inbox. If you then get better at actually converting the right people into clients, suddenly you've got a business. But what he was doing was what a lot of, um, a lot of the big people, you know, like the Gary V's of this world. I really like Gary V. I'm not here to slag him off. But you now one of the things he says is that um, you've got to be on like 12 different social media platforms and posting four times a day on each one. And all that does is just create overwhelm and confusion and it lowers the quality of what you're posting. Whereas I say, get good at one platform. Now, my personal platform, my favorite one is Facebook. That's what I use. But you don't have to use that. If you love Instagram, if you love LinkedIn, you can apply the same logic on there. Get really good at that. For me, 2019 was all about mastering Facebook and getting a consistent flow of leads from Facebook, becoming as good as I possibly could be at writing the kind of posts that attract people into my inbox. Not just any people, the kind of people I want to work with, people who can afford me, people who are going to do the work, people who are going to get results and give me great testimonials and perfecting that. Now 2020 is about diversifying out. So I'm not relying, I'm not putting all my eggs in Facebook's basket. I'm diversifying out. So I've got you know, leads and clients in different areas. So if Facebook shuts down or bans me or whatever, I'm not reliant on them. I've, I've still got a business. But in the first instance, just get good at one thing. Get really good at one thing and focus on that rather than trying to spread yourself too thin across 12 different areas. I, I couldn't agree more with you. And I mean, in all honesty, uh, I mean, even Gary Vee needs to figure out his message. I mean, let, let, let's be honest, because I, I remember uh, a while ago, he was always saying, you know, oh, I just started on, I don't know what he started on, YouTube or whatever. I started on one. I really dominated that one. Then I started, you know, adding another one and another one and another one. And then now suddenly he's flipping the scenario and teaching everybody how you have to post uh, like what, uh, 50 pieces of content every day or yeah. what, what, what's that PDF that he created? I mean, yeah. really like, it, yeah, like I, I fully agree with you. I mean, you want to, uh, you want to constantly, because especially when you're in the early stages, you don't have the resources. I mean, it's easy for Gary. He has 30, 40, 50 people chasing him everywhere uh, and then editing and, and posting and so on. And like, he's just, going through life and, and uh, having monologues with himself and dialogues where he's teaching somebody and all of that is captured and edited and, and created for him by his team. And of course, one day, you know, you and I will both have those teams to, to support us uh, and to help us be on uh, 30 different platforms. Mm. But when you are in the earlier stages, it's really important that you focus your energy, your resources on as little things as possible because that will create the fastest uh, momentum. Like you said, yeah, exactly. if, I mean, if we look at on too many things, yeah, you can't have any momentum. Yeah, if, if we look at like sort of Gary V's rise to the top, he, he wasn't always doing what he's doing now. Like most of his content these days is like motivational type stuff. You know, like he always says things like, if you live for the weekend and you hate Mondays, your shit is broken. And, you know, there's, there's millions of ways to do it. Find a way that works for you. And positivity always wins. But that kind of motivational content is great if you've got, you know, 10 million followers. Because they're all going to be like, oh, my God, so inspirational, Gary. You can post whatever you like. Uh, but in the yeah. early days, that kind of content is really easy to make. Anyone can make that kind of stuff. One thing I see on my feed a lot these days is things like, you've got to be authentic if you want to win in business and um, you've got to be positive and be the change you want to see in the world and think about what you want, not what you don't want. 
the problem with that kind of content is first of all it's really easy to create like it doesn't require any skill or knowledge anyone can come up with that it's really simple um, which means a lot of people are doing it so when you come up with that kind of content you come across as the same as everybody else so if you're just like one person on their own starting out what you might be tempted to do is copy what Gary's doing. Well, if it's working for Gary, it must work for me. So you put out the same kind of content he does and wonder why he gets like 5,000 comments every post and you get zero. It's because he's already got the followers so he can put out whatever he wants, just like Grant Cardone can. You know, Grant Cardone can just be like 10x, 10x, 10x. Everyone's going to be like, oh my God, Grant, you're amazing. But if you do that, nobody cares. So when you're smaller starting out, you've got to have something unique, something you can share where nobody else is saying this Everybody else might be saying this, but you're saying something that's completely contrary, that's opposite. Now people start going, they see your stuff and be like, that's interesting. Nobody else is saying that and it makes sense. I'm now going to follow you. That's how you build up followers. And in fact, if we look at Gary Vee's content, I think I started following him in about 2014 when he wasn't small on YouTube, but I think he had about 30, 40,000 subscribers then. And his content then was really good. It was really detailed. It was like how-to stuff on how to do certain social media stuff. And it was really helpful. Now he's pivoted into this kind of like motivational guru stuff. He's more like a Tony Robbins these days than like a social media expert. So he's not really the person to follow. Um, like you rightly said, Miha, he's got a team of people following him around all day who just video everything he says and then put it into content so he doesn't have to think about his content it just gets created for him so he doesn't have to worry about it whereas if you're starting out you're doing it all yourself you don't have time to do all this stuff you don't have time to come up with like four pieces of inspirational content per platform every single day you're just not going to be able to do it you're going to burn out um, so you have to have a different model plus if you're coaching now Gary Vee's model for actually making money is different he's not trying to sell an online course he's just basically he's running his was it's like an ad agency in his runs. He just runs that and then does his social media stuff on the side. And I think he just does his social media stuff so he can get very well-paid speaking gigs. So he's not worried about trying to get you into some course. He's just trying to build his profile. Yes, it's a very different business model. But you mentioned an interesting thing here. I want to move away from Gary Ree, uh, so that we don't spend the whole uh, uh, podcast episode on him. <laughs> of course. I mean, this is about you. And, and the thing is, you have so much gold to give, and I want to get to that as soon as possible. But uh, I want to ask you uh, just your opinion. So, you know, you mentioned you want to be different. Uh, but have you seen this trend and what's your thinking about it when there's so many people who try to be polarizing just for the sake to be polarizing and on everything? <laughs> like they take yeah. any topic possible. And, and you can see today they are polarizing on this topic, tomorrow on that. So it's not a consistent message. It's not something that's really, you can sense that it's not aligned with them, but they're just, you know, driving that polarization as hard as they can. Yeah, I mean, this is when we get into things like authenticity. It's not something you would do normally. Um, no, you get, you get people who like, they'll say, I see a lot with um, a lot of young women who are, are coaches. Um, they want to kind of show that they're, you know, they're not someone who's trampled all over and they're strong and they're confident. So what they end up doing is like, you read their post and they just say like, fuck three times a sentence, you know? And it's like, it's like, I'm the fucking badass biz, biz babe coach who's going to fucking sort your shit out. And if you don't fucking like it, then you can fucking, it's like, it's like, calm down. It's like, do you talk like this when you talk to your friends? Probably not. Therefore, you're being inauthentic when you're trying to put this persona out to people um, on your social media accounts. And as you rightly said, some people just, they go too far with it. 
And it's just, everyone's saying this, how can I say the opposite? But they don't really believe what they're saying. They're just trying to be controversial. And that's like you said, it's not a consistent message. It's more like, how can you post stuff that you actually believe in? Um, or maybe you don't have to post the opposite of everyone else. But let's say we talk about something that's posted a lot, like you have to be authentic in business. That's something that people say all the time. Well, you don't necessarily have to say, oh, authenticity is a load of rubbish. But what you could do is go more detailed. You could say, well, how you might have a post on how to, how do you diagnose whether you're being authentic or not? Because nobody sat there going, I'm being so fake. I'm such an idiot. Everyone thinks they're being authentic, but some people aren't. How do you know if you're being authentic or not? Like I think about all the different sides of my personality and it's, it's the same for everyone. We've got a confident side. We've got a shy side. I've got a loud side. I've got a quiet side. I've got like a party boy side is like the life and soul. And I've got a side of me that's like, I would just want to sit in on my own and read. And I've got all these different sides of my personality. If I show anyone at a particular time, like two of those no, two of those personalities could come across to someone as completely opposite people. Which one is authentic and which one isn't? Well, they're both authentic. They're both me, but they're both different people. So when I'm putting myself out on social media, how do I know what's authentic and what's not? Now, if someone went that to that level of detail on a post and talked about those kind of issues and how to diagnose this stuff, then how to know what to post, that would be something that's valuable. That's something everyone else isn't posting, but it's not contrary to everyone else. It's still agreeing what yes about, it's still agreeing that you need to be authentic, but it's actually giving a level of value that other people either can't give or won't give or are too scared to give. Cause they're like, well, if I give this level of detail, does anybody need to sign up to my program? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. We can, we can like, you're dropping so many cues here uh, that <laughs> I can just bounce off. Um, I get asked this very often, and, and I guess most of the audience already knows my, uh, uh, how I see that, uh, but uh, when, when, when is giving too much too much, or is there uh, a thing that says that you're giving too much? Ooh, honestly, that's a, it's a great question, but it's a really tough one to answer because it depends on the person's business. You know, um, obviously, if someone's selling physical products, well, they don't want to be given away for free, but if we're talking about coaches, well, the way I run my coaching model is my content. I tell you how to do everything. I tell you how I do what I do. I tell you how to write copy. I tell you, you know, I'll say, uh, here's an example of some headlines I use to make your content more interesting, to make people read the whole thing. And I'll tell you what I'm doing. But what I don't do is tell you how it applies to you specifically. So you might then take my, my so then my advice is kind of like high level general that applies to everyone who's watching my stuff. But if you're, let's say you're a, a fitness coach who helps over 60s get in shape, you might be like, okay, I understand what you said about writing copy, or I understand what you said about how to create an offer that your audience is going to lap up. And it made perfect sense, but I don't know if I did it right. Or I don't know if I could have done it better. That's when they come to me and said, Richard, can you help me one-on-one? -on -one? Now, can you help me diagnose this myself? Um, it's about making that final link to make it relevant for them. So I kind of give most of my stuff away for free in terms of the actual theory of it. But I know that people are going to struggle still to apply it to themselves because that's the hard bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and that's very similar to my opinion. Like mm. I just give the information away. Uh, but then there's still so many of them who need the hand-holding, who need the, uh, the, 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 the help to go through, who need to bounce ideas, brainstorm. And for that, then I have a few different ways how uh, they can work with me uh, to help them in, in that specific regard. But the information, here it is, do whatever you want with it. 
but there's still so many people who need that extra help uh, that you just can't give. Like, it's not that I don't want to give it away. It, it, you just can't. You, you can't, you know, be 24-7 on a Facebook Live and answer every single question. <laughs> right. And even then, um, you know, you have to dive deep. You have to diagnose. You have to do the due diligence and so on. So it's not like, oh, now you ask me a question and I can just give you uh, a 100% solid answer. A lot of the times you have to do the due diligence. I have to check things from my perspective because they are explaining things the way that they understand them through their filters. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Um, I see it so many times where people join my program and they'll go and watch like the second video, which is all about writing Facebook posts. And they've got the theory and I can see them trying to apply it, but the way they've applied it doesn't quite make sense for their business. And I go back and say, okay, for you, you need to say it like this and this, but you need to say it like that. And uh, no, after a couple of times of doing that, they're like, right, I get it now. But if I hadn't made that initial link for them, they might've been struggling to go, okay, how do I apply this? Or, you know, I, I, I followed his advice, yet it still doesn't work. So I, I think that it's a great test. Anyone listening to this now, should go to their Facebook feed or Instagram or whatever and scroll through and have a look at the first, say, 20 posts on your feed and read the first line, the first sentence and say, does this make me want to read more? Um, and then if you carry on reading and, then, and have a look and go, well, how many of these posts am I just scrolling past? Because it's like either it's boring or it's kind of self-absorbed, absorbed, like the person just talking about themselves and you don't care. Like, why do I want to hear about your boring story about, you know, what you had for breakfast? Or it's just, you know, I already know this. It's not new information. How often do you find a post that makes you stop and read it and go, wow, I've not heard this explained in this way before. That makes so much sense. This hardly ever happens. So the fear that people have of giving too much away, of being too good, it doesn't really stand up. It's, it's completely understandable if someone has that fear, but it doesn't really stand up because your competition is doing such a poor job of putting their content out. If you actually start putting good stuff out, people will start following it. And I've had examples of where I've put content out and people haven't needed to sign up with me because they're like, oh, I took that post you did last week and I did it and I got this you know, great offer and I made 5K from doing a sale from what you said on your free video. Thanks for your help. Um, and you might be like, well, I've just lost a client by doing that. But actually what happened was now I've got a fan for life. So now these people, they tend to watch like all of my live videos. They read all my content. They comment on all my stuff. They recommend me to other people. And now I've got like basically like a free person giving advertising for me. So these people often become your biggest advocates because it's like this, you know, a lot of times they've paid like 20K, 30K for coaches who didn't help them. And your free content gave them more help than these paid coaches did. And they're like, this person's so amazing. And they'll recommend everyone they know to come and follow you. So they end up getting you loads of clients. So it's kind of short-sighted to be like, I'm going to keep all the good stuff behind the paywall and wait for people to pay me. Because it's like, well, why is anyone going to pay you until they've seen anything good? Everyone's saying I'm great. How do they know that it's actually legit? Yeah. Now, Richard, let's go into um, a little bit more details on, on what you do. Like, you know, um, I um, saw your posts. I engaged. I, I got some value. Now I say, Richard, guide me. Uh, you know, I'm all yours. Like, how would, uh, what's <laughs> your process? How do you go... Uh, um, how do you work with your clients? Like what, what's the process you take them through? Um, generally. So for most people, I would put my food through, I'd put them through my program, which is called ecosystem. And it's a six week long program, although they get three months of support. And what we do is we start with the foundation, which is your offer. 
So who are you selling to? What are you selling them? Um, what can we create that is something that your audience is going to want to buy and can afford? So I kind of see like, if you like Venn diagrams, which I do, cause I'm a bit of a nerd. If you think of like the intersection of the things you like doing, the things you're good at and the things your audience will pay for the intersection of those three things is where your perfect offer lies. So essentially the first thing we'll do is we jump on a one-on-one -on -one call and we'll talk for like maybe an hour and I'll ask you a bunch of questions relevant to your business and we'll pull out an offer. And I've never not been able to find a relevant offer where I go, okay, this is what you should be selling. And when I say it, people are like, of course that makes sense. But because you're stuck in the weeds of it, it's really hard to figure this out for your own business. It's hard to see, you know, you can't, you just can't see that 10,000 foot view. So we start with that. Then we work on um, creating Facebook posts that are going to attract this kind of person into your uh, messenger. So we'll spend a couple of weeks making those posts, put them out there on a daily basis. And what you'll find is that people will start appearing in your messenger and be like, hey, um, can you help me out? So then the next stage is um, I'll show you how to convert those leads or how to quickly filter out the ones who aren't the right clients so you don't waste too much time on them and then convert the ones who should be converted. So typically like when I'm working with someone, they'll send me screenshots, be like, oh, someone's just messaged me asking about my program, what do I do now? And then I'll send them a voice note or a text and say, look, this is where they're at mentally. This is what you need to reply and, what, and here's why. And then they'll say, okay, they just came back with this. What do I do now? And I'll talk them through the process until we get to the point where they're like, okay, can I give you money? Um, and we just do that until the person understands that entire process. Um, again, it comes back to simplifying things. Marketing for me, is at its most basic level, a conversation between two humans. I'm having a conversation with you about whether you want to sign up for my program, about whether this is right for you. Uh, we don't need to overcomplicate over it with like funnels and upsells and ads and all this kind of stuff. If you just put it out organically on your feed, uh, people who are on your friend list who might want to buy your thing, who would be interested in it, they see your post. If your post is good enough, they're going to message you because they're going to be interested because they want the results. So then if you know how to talk to them in the right way, you can sign them up. And if you've got a 5k program and you just sell one of those a week, you've got a 20k a month business. You know, that's not a joke, is it, Mihai? That's not a tiny amount of money. No, no, that's a very good one, especially in these crazy times. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would very much like a business like that in these days. Yeah. Um, Richard, I know you have this... Um, um, well, that, that's how you caught my attention uh, a while ago. Um, you have this uh, system of four types of posts mm. um, that uh, you just go through them um, on a weekly basis. And um, can, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, the four types of posts, and I'll go into what each one of those is in a minute, is uh, an engagement post. So this is a post that's specifically made to get engagement, which is reactions, comments, shares from your audience. Uh, the reason we want engagement is first, the Facebook algorithm likes you if you get engagement because the Facebook algorithm says, well, people like this person's content, so we're gonna show it to more people. So it increases your reach. So then when you make like a, uh, a different post, like a promo post later, which is a different kind of post, which is essentially, you know, who would be interested in this? Or, you know, DM me for more info about my program. Well, now a lot more people are gonna see it uh, they're more likely to message you. So that's two types of posts, engagement posts and promo posts. The other two are a value post. So we talked before actually about a value post when we were talking about putting content out there that is contrary to what your, what your competitors, what other people are putting out. And as you rightly said, not contrary for the sake of it, not just putting, you know, not just saying, 
uh, not just saying if everyone else says this is black, I'm going to say it's white for the sake of it, but putting content out there that teaches your audience something that they don't know already, gives them a level of insight that they don't already have. Uh, and finally, we have a credibility post. This is something most people are missing online. So a credibility post essentially says, this is why I've got the goods. Hey, I'm selling a 5k program here. So, and a lot of people are just like, Hey, sign up for my 5k program, but I'm not going to give you any reasons whatsoever uh, to believe me. I'm just going to say, sign up and you've got to cross your fingers and hope that once you pay the money, you're going to get some results. Well, a credibility post is where you share uh, either results that you've got using your system, results that your clients have got, and you tell those case study stories of someone came to me in this position, I took them through my system, which involved this, and they came out in this position. And if those people came to you in a similar position to what your ideal client is in now when they're reading a the post, the ideal client's going to be like, hmm, well, they're just like me. Maybe I could get a result here. And if you share enough stories like that, over time, you know, over the course of a month, if you share like five different stories of different clients who are just like the person reading it, who got the result, you know, they came to, they came to you and they tried all the programs before, they tried all the different methods, but they came to you and they were super skeptical, yet they gave it a go anyway. And now, you know, they've lost like 30 pounds and now they're in great shape and they didn't believe it would happen, but they managed to keep it off using your unique system. Well, eventually that person who's reading it is going to be like, this is working for so many people like me maybe it could work for me. And that's when they appear in your inbox. So those are the four different kinds of posts. So if you only do engagement posts, you don't sell anything. You get lots of people commenting, but they don't do anything else because you're not getting anything for sale. If you only do promo posts, people quickly get annoyed because it's like, oh, this person's just here to sell themselves, you know? Um, all they do is try and sell a thing and they never give me anything useful. That's when people start reporting you and you get banned by Facebook for, you know, endless promotion because you're not supposed to promote on your personal feed. So the way I do it is I don't promote very hard. I just put useful content out and show examples of other people in the knowledge that when I do that enough, people will then be motivated to message me without me ever having to actually promote too hard. Um, does that explain it well enough or do I need to go more? No, detail? yeah, yeah, no, it does. It does. Um, I do remember that it, for engagement posts, uh, that was something I really, really loved. Uh, you have this little strategy, mm. uh, you know, to, to boost somebody's ego and, and, and not, uh, I, I mean, you explain it, you, you, you explain it way better than I could. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people are trying engagement posts. So, I mean, I've got, I've actually got four different types of engagement posts. I won't go into all in massive detail, but the most common one and the most easiest one to do is, uh, to ask a question of your audience. So a lot of people are trying this right now. And they're asking questions like, what's the biggest challenge in your business right now? You know, why are you struggling to lose weight? Those kind of questions. And those questions don't tend to do so well. And the reason for that is threefold. So if you want to ask a question, it's going to get lots of engagement and lots of comments. If it has these three characteristics, it's practically guaranteed. Like you're going to get over hundred comments if you ask this. And it doesn't have to be related to your business. It could be about life in general. So number one, is it easy to answer? So when I'm scrolling on my Facebook feed, like most people scrolling on their feed on their phone, they're just bored. They're just wasting time. Um, can they quickly answer it on their phone in like 10 seconds? So, you know, uh, a question like, um, what's the, what's the biggest, what, what are the foods that you can't resist? 
that's easy to answer. Everyone's, you know, everyone's got foods they can't resist. And you're like, oh yeah, for me it's chocolate. Or me, it's like a creamy bowl of pasta with garlic bread. Dead easy to answer and you can answer it quickly. Next one, is it universal? So are most people, hopefully everybody on your feed who's going to read it, do they all have an answer to it? Do they all experience it? So a lot of people ask really specific questions like, you know, what's the, what's the most difficult challenge that you face uh, when they're trying to achieve enlightenment in your spiritual growth? Well, there's not many people who are like trying to achieve enlightenment. It's quite hard to do. Uh, and not many people are going to be able to answer that. And it's a hard question to answer as well. And third, which is probably the most subtle is, does it appeal to ego? So when I answer your question, do I feel like I'm a smarter, better person, more attractive, more interesting, more anything else? Do I feel like that when I answer your question? Do I feel like I'm better than another person? Uh, or do I feel like the opposite, like I'm more stupid, less capable, less attractive, whatever? So when you put a question out there, you know, what's the biggest problem in your dating life right now? Well, in order to answer that, I first have to answer the question, which is tricky. Um, and then in order to answer it, I'm basically admitting in public that I have a problem with my dating life. You know, I'm not going to do that. I see like relationship coaches saying things like, what's, what's the biggest problem you have in your marriage? Or what's the, what's the problem you'd most like to fix with your marriage right now? Well, if I answer that question, I'm admitting to the world that I've got a problem with my marriage. My wife is probably going to see it. And she's been like, she's been like, I thought we were fine, Richard. What do you mean we've got all these problems in our marriage? It's like, if I didn't have a problem beforehand, I do now. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, now I've got a problem. My biggest problem is that I commented on this post. <laughs> I should have done that. Um, but you know, I'm also opening myself up to a pitch because I know like two seconds later, I'm going to receive like an unsolicited PM in my messenger inbox. I'm like, hey, I saw, your, I saw your comment about how you're struggling with this. I can help you with this. Let's do a free call. I'm like, I don't want to open myself up to that. So I'm not going to post. I'm not going to admit it. Whereas if you just change that question to, you know, what are the biggest problems that you think that people have in their marriages? Now you can talk about all the other people who have problems in their marriages. Oh, I think people don't, uh, I think people don't talk to each other honestly enough. I think people do silent treatments. I think people cheat too much. Now, you can easily answer the question. You can talk about all those other people with their problems. You get to feel smarter and better than those people. And you can answer it from a place of, oh, no, no, I don't have any problems with my marriage. I'm perfect and brilliant and infallible. My marriage is perfect. But all those other useless idiots, well, they have rubbish relationships. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I can kind of like feel like I'm smarter than them. Because ultimately... No, we, we all like to feel like we're enlightened people who don't behave in that way, who don't want to feel like we're better than others. But we're all animals at heart. We're all trying to like climb the social totem pole. We're all trying to climb a ladder and be better than someone else and get our leg up and get higher up. And it's, if I can answer in 20 seconds and feel like I'm smarter than someone else, I'm more likely to do it. Um, another good example. Here's a question. And anyone listening can do this right now. Um, post this question on your feed. I guarantee as long as you've got more than like, you know, 30 friends on your Facebook list, you're going to get over 100 comments. Donald Trump, love him or hate him. So if we look at the three characteristics, number one, is it easy to answer? Yes. Um, you, can, you can just type quickly on your phone, I love him or I hate him, but you can type more if you want. Is it universal? Yeah, everyone's got an opinion on Trump. And number three, does it appeal to ego? Yes, because if you love him, you're going to be like, yeah, he's finally telling it like it is. And he's sorting out those liberals who's going to let anyone in the US and he's finally taking care of business. Or if you hate him, you're going to be like, he's a rapist. He's this and that. He's, you know, he's a 
he's an idiot and he's a racist and he's all this kind of stuff. But either, whichever side of the fence you're on, you get to feel like you're smarter than the other side. And you know these people are going to be arguing with each other in their feed and it's going to, gener and it's going to generate loads and loads of comments. So a nice discussion piece like that is going to get loads of comments. Um, Richard, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, a piece, uh, uh, something like that would generate uh, an avalanche probably of, of comments, unless you are just connected with left people or right people and you don't have the others uh, in, 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 in your friends list. Uh, but uh, is that really beneficial for you if you're a business uh, owner, uh, an entrepreneur to, you know, I mean, I know that a lot of uh, marketing people uh, say, you know, it's, it's better to just stay away from the politics, religion, uh, racial questions, and, and, you know, a few of those very mm. polarizing topics. Um, I mean, what if somebody asks you your opinion and, and you know, uh, I, I don't know, like, w what's your take on that? I mean, it's, it's a good thing that you mentioned this, but uh, from just from a pure business perspective, um, why would you encourage somebody to, to, to do something, uh, to post something like that? Mm. Yeah, great question. Um, so, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a good point. And, and it's, it's a potential minefield. You might not want to take, you might not want to go down the Donald Trump route because it's going to create a lot of controversial debate. And you might think, do you know what? I don't necessarily need that on my feed. But you can take the principles from that and find something else. For example, yeah, post, Elon Musk or, or Steve Jobs. Yeah, or, I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can ask the question, oh, what do you think of Elon Musk? But it's probably not going to generate as many strong opinions because not as, it's not as universal because not as many people will have opinions on Elon Musk. Like, I see Elon Musk loving or hating. I'm kind of like, yeah, I think he's all right. Like, I don't mind him, but I'm probably not going to be motivated to comment. I don't have strong feelings on Elon Musk. Um, but you, know, you can take that and apply it to something else. You could say things like, you can ask a question. I gave an example in a live video, uh, maybe a month or so ago, where I gave an example for gym coaches, where I said, if you ask your audience, what's the most annoying thing you see in the gym, you're gonna get loads of comments. Like, you know, one lady posted it on her feed and got like 187 comments in the next day. Because you look at it and you go, is it easy to answer? Yes. Um, you know, oh, I hate those idiots who do curls in a squat rack. I hate these, you know, these sweaty bastards who don't wipe the machine down after them, whatever. Um, number two, is it universal? Yeah, pretty much. Not everyone goes to a gym, but most people have been at some point. You know, we've all got something that annoys us about it. Number three, does it appeal to ego? Yes, because I get to feel like I'm smarter than those idiots doing the curls in a squat rack. Those 17-year-olds who are all like three of them sat on a bench at peak time, using up a bench for half an hour, all texting each other, doing nothing while I'm waiting. I get to feel like I'm smarter and better than they are. Cause like, I would never behave like that because I'm a good person who cares about other people. So really easy to answer that kind of question gets loads of comments. Um, I mean, I would say in terms of the question about, do you want to move away from business type question? I normally recommend you want, you want nine, around 90%. I recommend of your post to be on point on business related. You want when someone comes to your feed to see your post and be like, okay, I know exactly what this is about. I know who it's for. I know if it's for me or not. I know, you know, I can see this is valuable stuff. They don't want to be seeing loads of posts about the weather and, you know, whether eggs should be in the fridge or out the fridge or whether ketchup should be in the fridge or what you're having for your dinner tonight, that kind of stuff. Because otherwise it's like, well, I don't understand what this profile's for. 
But every now and then you can do these posts that are just irrelevant and create a big discussion thread. But yeah, oh, no, you know. Richard, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, wasn't apply, I wasn't thinking like, oh, you have to just stay on point all the mm. time. I mean, uh, it's actually very beneficial that you share a little bit, you know, um, from your life mm. or, you know, like, oh, here's our company uh, on, a, on a, I don't know, team building or, you know, just uh, let them into the, your world because people uh, uh, lie, connect more with people than with, you know, brands without faces. So, so I wasn't saying so much that, but uh, just, you know, is it, good or bad to go into very taboo topics like you know donald trump or um or um something religious you know or yeah. something racial or uh lgbtq stuff you know and especially um okay i mean if you are from the us i can i can understand why you would you know like say um something maybe uh concerning the daily politics uh, but if you're somebody from outside, you know, uh, that, that might be even more stranger and it might, you know, get the wrong impression that you're just looking for attention in a very, um, I don't know, sleazy uh, way. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm, I'm always very, you know, curious to hear what other, what others have to say about stuff like that. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a good question. It's a really tricky one and there's not... There's not an answer that's like, oh, it's good or bad. I would say, in general, I don't tend to share political views, religious views, all those kind of things on my business feed. Um, I might ask a question. I mean, in fact, I haven't done that post myself, Trump, love him or hate him, because I actually stay away from politics. Um, Want to test it out? Sorry? Want to test it out? <laughs> you can, you, you can you, test you it on your feed if you like. <laughs> you post it, I post it, and then we see what we get. Um, you get loads of comments, but... Um, I tend to stay away from that kind of stuff because, for those reasons, because I don't want to go into politics because I don't want to be drawn on stuff. Because as you <laughs> rightly said, you know, now, when, when I ask the question, I'm not giving away my thing, but people might be like, well, what's your opinion? Do you love him or hate him? And then you kind of happen to be drawn on it. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to do that. I don't want all the people, I don't want to say, oh, I hate him. And then all the people who love him unfriend me who could have been clients and vice versa. So I tend to stay away from it for that reason. It's a very good point on your part of does that work? So I'm not saying to everyone, go and post a Donald Trump post. What I am saying is it will get loads of comments for these reasons. But if you want to stay away from that stuff uh, and stick to business related stuff, but use those same principles that were behind that yeah. post to get the comments, then that's probably, you know, that's not a stupid ploy, to be honest. I would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would recommend that. But, you know, you could easily do the gym one. Um, that's not going to get anyone unfriending you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I get uh... Richard, do you only work, because from what I understood so far, you, you, you take people who might be new to the whole online consulting coaching business. They don't have a offer yet per se, because that's the first part of where you help them is to create the offer and, and then to prepare the content. And then you guide them how to, uh, when people drop slide into their DMs, how to guide that conversation so that it ends up uh, with a with a closed uh, um, sale, um, but do you do you also um, work with people who might already have offers and they just need you know part two and part three, or um, do you also um, offer any agency services where it's uh, done for you? For example, the 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 content or uh, what's your offer? 
Yeah, I don't really do the agency stuff much. I have written copy for people before, like sales pages or whatever. But, you know, if someone came to me and said, I, I might do a deal on them to write some copy, but I don't really advertise that. Um, well, actually, yeah, most of my clients, my audience are not usually brand new people. I do take on the odd person who's brand new to marketing, but generally most of my people, they've already done a lot of the courses. They've already spent 20, 30K plus on these like, you know, high level courses that teach you how to create offers and all that kind of stuff. But they're not selling as much as they want, but they have a business and an offer already. They might already be making between three, five, maybe even 10K a month already, but they know they could be doing more. So some people have come to me and they're like, I'm happy with my offer, but I'm only converting 10% on my sales calls. Uh, I'll take them through my simple sales method where I actually get them on the phone and show them how to do it. And with a couple of sessions, I had, a, I had a woman recently, she went from 10 to 40% in like two days of doing this with me. And you know, that makes a huge difference to your business when you don't change anything else. So sometimes I'll do these little tweaks, uh, but very often what I find is the people who come to me, they're making some sales are doing okay, but could be doing more. That first bit, the offer, sometimes we'll tweak it. And although they're making sales, we'll tweak the offer slightly. Maybe we'll just tweak the audience or we'll change how we're prevent, presenting the offer and they'll get so many more leads in their inbox as a result. For example, um, I had one coach last year who's a career coach and she was offering the kind of normal career coaching service where, you know, I'll show you how to get a great job and whatever, but she was struggling to convert people because most of the people who were appearing in her inbox were these like 22 year olds who've just graduated university with like 50 or a hundred grand in debt. They're not going to sign up to a 5k course. They don't have any money. So I said, well, can we do something else? Can we aim at different people? Um, she now aims at people around 35 to 40 who've been quite successful in their career. They've got to like some sort of senior management position, but they're now in the position where they're kind of going, is this all there is? Like, I don't feel that fulfilled in work. Yes, I'm earning money and I've got, you know, a nice house and a car and I don't want to lose all that. And I get to go on four holidays a year, but is this all there is? I don't feel like I'm fulfilled. I don't feel like I'm, you know, doing that much good with my work. She shows them how to switch to more fulfilling careers and keep the money. So now it's a completely different conversation because these people can afford it. All they need to be able to see is the, uh, is the credibility to believe that, hey, this can actually work for me, this is possible, and then they sign up, as opposed to people going, I've got no money, you know, can I pay you $10 a month until it's paid off? No, you can't. So you basically, uh, you help them uh, polish the product market fit so that it, mm. it, it really fits together and, and makes sense um, for, for all the involved parties. That's an amazing thing. I mean, I think right right now in in this crazy times where everything is changing so fast and you know um i don't know right now with the you know coronavirus if you are in travel industry um you have to be pivoting like 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 super super out of what you were offering right now sometimes uh, in some industries you just need to make some small pivots and so on so um this is an amazing service that you offer mm. i mean helping entrepreneurs who were or are doing some business and now because of all the changes that are happening on a daily basis, um, they might be out, the business model might be not acceptable, uh, at least for, I don't know, next few months. Right, or right. Well, a great example is fitness coaches. I mean, most fitness coaches have some sort of offer, which is like, I'm going to show you you know, how to have the right diet plan to get in shape and how to do the right workouts down the gym. Well, sorry, all the gyms are closing and they might be closed for the next, we don't know how long it could be, could be, it could be open next week. It could be six months, could be longer. So if you pivot your offer to say, okay, 
here's how you can work out at home. Here's how to, here's how to buy nutritious foods in the supermarket when all the idiots have come in and stockpiled all the pasta and other staples. So you can't get like your normal, you know, your normal carb pasta meal after a workout. Well, here's what you can have instead. Nobody's buying this stuff up because no one's thinking about it. You show them how to kind of succeed in the modern world in what's going on today. Now you've got an offer that people actually need because, you know, it's, it's, it's a great question to ask. Uh, if you're someone who likes to stay in shape, what are you going to do if the gyms are closed for the next six months? You're just going to be like, you're just going to shrug your shoulders and be like, all right, I'll get fat. You know, what, what, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and if you're a fitness coach, you could be, you could be getting ahead of your fitness coaches and answering these questions right now and say, and saying, look, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the coronavirus, um, but doesn't it make sense to get something in place um, instead of just crossing our fingers and hoping that it all blows over in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, if it all does blow over in a couple of weeks, well, great, you can go back to the gym. But if it doesn't, you know, you're not sat there getting fatter and fatter each week, getting weaker and weaker. And then when you finally do get back to the gym, it's like you're starting afresh. These are things that they could be talking about right now um, that could actually get people to sign up with them. But if you just have a regular fitness offer that's talking about going down the gym, you're probably not signing up many clients right now. Well, and especially like, uh, well, one thing is in, in this crazy times, the, the most, well, one of the most important things is that you don't act like an ostrich and put your head in, in, in the ground mm, and absolutely. just wait for whoever comes along to slap you or, or do even something different to your, uh, to your booty uh, that's out there uh, just way wink at everybody. Uh, but the thing, the thing, uh, like you, you talk a lot about health coaches, I guess, you know, probably uh, quite a lot of them are are your clients. Um, I know that a lot of them were focused on busy entrepreneurs, busy executives on the road, yeah. you know, how to, how to eat healthy when you're, you know, all day long between meetings and so on. And, and now all of that is changing and people are at home. People have um, completely different, uh, they are forced into completely different habits. And so if you're, if you're helping still with the same thing, well, they don't need that right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, your, your actual offer in terms of the product itself could be exactly the same. So let's say you've got an offer for busy entrepreneurs who are on the road and it's like you're staying away in a hotel and you're eating, you're eating out every night on the corporate credit card and you're having these rich meals and three glasses of wine or whatever. Well, how do you get in shape when all you've got, the only gym you've got is a hotel room and you're eating out and you can't eat healthy food, you're just in a restaurant. What can you do? Well, that offer could still be the same. You could still show them how to get healthy food. You could still show them how to work out. You know, the, the workout they have in a hotel room, well, that's the same workout they would have in their room at home. But the way you would talk to those people is like, you know, if you're stuck in working from home because of a coronavirus, you might be wondering, how do I get in shape? Do you just accept this? And then now you're talking to the people in their situation. Instead of continuing to talk about, hey, when you're on the road, staying in hotels, this is what happens. Because it's like, it's not relevant anymore. You look like you're, you know, you look like you're a dinosaur who's like stuck in the past. Who's like, um, do you not know? It's like, do you know, not, not know what's going on in the world at the moment? Have you not seen the news? You know, that's what it looks like when you yeah. put out that kind of content. No, honestly, in the last few days, I've seen a few ads in my Facebook feed uh, that were still talking to the old situation mm. um, and you could see that uh, what they are offering at this current moment is just not appropriate for the current situation. Um, mm. Who knows, 
you know, maybe in two months or two weeks or six months, everything will be back to normal. Um, you know, but uh, we, we don't know. And uh, you, you can't wait for that to happen. And that's another thing that, yes, I see so often with fellow entrepreneurs is that they just hope and pray for the best and, and, yeah. and they, they get like, paralyzed. The fear is paralyzing them. And, and then they're just, you know, like, like they are a stone. Um, they can't move and, and they're just waiting what will happen. And that's, that's not what you should be doing right now. Mm. So um, well, I, I think your offer is really, really amazing for this times. Thank you. I think um, I mean, what you said is so true. And so many people right now, I think uh, it's the natural reaction we have as human beings. I think it's not like if, if you're doing this, you're a bad person. It's not that at all. But so many people on natural reaction, like you said, the ostrich, we stick our fingers in our ears and go, la, 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 la. I'm going to pretend it's not all happening. I'll carry on running my eyes. I'll carry on putting the same kind of posts out. Fingers crossed people are going to start signing up. And you're like, no, you've, you've got to pivot. You've got to do something different. If that's not going to work right now, I'm even thinking about my own business. Like how do I pivot and make it relevant without seeming like, you know, you don't want to look like you're profiteering off the coronavirus. You know, be like, Hey, you know, coronavirus is happening. You need an online business. Sign up with me. Give me your money right away. You know, that kind of comes across sleazy. You don't want to do that. But um, you know, you gave me a great idea for a hook then, by the way, that people could use. We can use this right now if you want. It's the, the old world versus the new world. So the old world before coronavirus was this. The new world after coronavirus is this. We don't know what's going to happen. And yes, coronavirus may be eradicated in a few months. But what happens if a new coronavirus turns up in a few months after that? Because you know, we had one of them come from China. Why can't we have another one that's a new strain that does all this again next year or later this year? Um, what if this keeps on happening and then we're all working at home all the time and we only have like, you know, suddenly gyms are a thing of the past and people don't go to them anymore. What are you going to do then? Uh, are you just going to carry on sticking your fingers in your ears and hoping for the best? Or are you going to be like, no, I've prepared myself for whatever the modern world is going to throw at me. You know, the modern world, if there's one thing that's constant about the modern world, it's, uh, it's completely unpredictable and things, different things happen all the time. The only predictable thing is the unpredictability. So you either get on the right side of that or you're constantly left being slapped in the face when these surprising events happen. That would be a nice kind of hook to have to be like, look, you know, this is yet another example of these things happening. You look at all the other things. It, this isn't the only thing surprising thing that's happened in recent years. You know, this year, all the bushfires in like Australia, every year there's bushfires in California that burn down properties and stuff like that. There's stuff going on, there's stuff going on, natural disasters, there's stuff going on all the time that we can't predict. And if we aren't ready for this stuff, then, you know, well, we get caught with our pants down, don't we? Yes, absolutely. And yeah, um, the world is turning at a much faster pace. Um, and uh, yeah, people are, I mean, I remember when I started my entrepreneurial journey 23 years ago, I mean, it was easy to make a five-year plan and stick to it. Now um, you can't make a one-year plan because you don't oh, yeah. know, you know, if, if Mark Zuckerberg will wake up tomorrow and change an algorithm or, you know, um, a coronavirus outbreak will happen or, you know, Saudis and the Russians will start fighting about the oil or a bushfire will start in Australia and so on. And like just so much things can happen and mm. the whole globalization and how connected we are. Um, it's it's challenging and, and challenging in a way where we have to be different kind of leaders, new, different soft skills, different hard skills are more uh, applicable than they were 20, 30 years ago. So it's, it, and, and we have to be 
ready to learn and to grow and to, uh, I, I like to call it, so when I teach it to my clients, I like to call this being in the mindset of permanent beta. Mm, yeah, 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 I like that. Well, Richard, um, I mean, I could talk to you for hours. And, and <laughs> I mean, we do have the LinkedIn Live uh, planned uh, as well, uh, but that's, I think, next month or even, yeah, um, yeah I think at the end of April. Uh, so this podcast will be already out and everything before that. Uh, so we'll continue the conversation there. We'll take it maybe to a bit different level um, on, on LinkedIn Live. Uh, but yeah, I have to be mindful of your time. I have to be mindful of the, uh, our listeners' time. Uh, so I would love to thank you for being my guest, for sharing all this knowledge. And of course, my last question, I can't leave you without that one, um, is, is there any last golden nugget of wisdom, either you know, related to what you do or just in general for fellow entrepreneurs that you would love to share with the audience? Um, well, since, since we were talking about the current climate, uh, and people are thinking about how do I make money? How do I do this? How do I think, try and get out of that and think, how can I help people? Um, uh, how can I be better? So for example, copywriting, if you could, if you're decent at writing copy, why not? You know, if in this, in these times when we're all working at home and we're stuck in, we're quarantined and we can't get out and stuff, instead of going, Oh no, I'm stuck. I can't do stuff. Why not take the time out to go, I'm going to absolutely nail this skill. I'm going to write every single day until my copy is brilliant. Uh, because there's always going to be people who want sales copywriting, no matter what the climate. Then you get your skill. While everybody else is like, you know, in their bunkers worrying about like what's going to happen. You're there developing a skill every single day. You write every single day for the next month, like on your Facebook feed or whatever. You're going to be pretty decent at copy by the end of it. So you then have a skill that you can sell. So think about, you know, what do you like doing? What kind of skills do you want? How can you get really good at this skill? How can you take the time to actually become better than everybody else at this skill while we're all kind of holed up at home? And then you're going to find it much easier to sell it afterwards. That would be my nugget for sort of the current age we're living in. Perfect. Well, Richard, thank you so much for being my guest. I really, uh, I love you. I appreciate you for everything that you're doing, for how you're helping the community and uh, all the wisdom and advice. And um, I, I absolutely recommend everybody to check out your, your Facebook group and, and just to connect with you on Facebook. And of course, uh, we will include all your links in the show notes as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, all the best and keep doing what you're good at. Uh, and, uh, I hope, uh, you, everything will be okay for you and your loved ones as well in, in these times. <laughs> uh, Leia, likewise, I hope so too. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye.